This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Most college freshmen say they're attending college to get a better job. But the reality is many graduates will earn less than typical high school grads. An expert has advice for parents and students. We routinely provide billions of dollars in the form of federal grants and loans to institutions that often don't leave the majority of students better off after they attend. Then, if you think cutting down trees has a big impact on the environment, think again. Recent research on the effects of deforestation may surprise you. Why is it that we would have put so much carbon back into forests? And B, given we've had all this deforestation that has happened, why is it that there's so much more carbon out there? Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. The majority of college freshmen say they're in college to get a better job after graduation. But will they actually get a better job? Recent research tells the story. With more, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Michael Itzkowitz is a senior fellow at Third Way, a think tank in Washington, D.C. So, Michael, you took a look at the incomes of recent college graduates with some pretty shocking results. Tell us about it. Sure. What we know is that last year there were nearly 20 million students who enrolled in an institution of higher education within the United States. And year after year, especially over the past decade, the number one reason that they do so is that they aim to get a good job that provides for a financially secure future. However, after digging through Department of Education data, what we've learned is that more than half of the institutions actually end up leaving the majority of their students earning even less than the typical salary of a high school graduate, which is measured by the Department of Education to be $28,000. So we think that this information is critical for students and families as it helps them determine whether an institution is providing a good return on investment for them when they're searching to enroll in an institution, but also for federal policymakers, as it currently has no laws in place that help ensure that even a modest proportion of students end up financially better off after they attend a college or program that's funded by federal grants or loans. How much time did this study give the students to find a well-paying job? We looked at a number of different lengths of measurement because it can absolutely make a difference in terms of how long after a student has enrolled in an institution. So we looked at six years after enrollment, eight years after enrollment, and 10 years after enrollment. And unsurprisingly, you do see the numbers start to get a little bit better, so that more than half of institutions that left the majority of their students earning less than the average high school graduate after six years after enrollment actually did drop to 28% of institutions when you look at it 10 years after enrollment. All that being said, you know, there were still over a thousand institutions that left more than 50% of their students earning below this basic economic threshold even after 10 years. So what we saw is that there's significant room of improvement across all sectors and types of institutions. Did your study point the finger of blame at the colleges themselves and the education they're providing, or is it perhaps the choice of a major made by the student, or maybe some other factor? There are some institutions that focus on engineering. There are some institutions that do a really good job 
in preparing the next generation of teachers. And that's one of the reasons why we chose this minimum economic threshold of earning more than the average high school graduate. Because from our perspective, whether you're preparing teachers or engineers at any college across the United States, you should at least have a significant amount of your students earning above this basic threshold that they would have been earning if they hadn't attended in the first place. So this is a little bit different than looking at mean or median earnings, which can better and more so reflect what majors are offered. But this is really a low bar in terms of what institutions should provide to their students in terms of a basic financial outcome. I understand that your study also found some big differences in the outcomes of for-profit schools, private schools, and public schools. Can you kind of explain that whole issue? Sure. And once again, I'll say, you know, there's room of improvement across all sectors of higher education. So looking at six years after students enroll in a college, we can see that there's lots of room of improvement uh, in the public sector, where 54% of public institutions still leave the majority of their students earning less than the typical high school grad. But these numbers are far worse when you do start to examine the for-profit sector. Over four out of five for-profit institutions leave the majority of their students earning below this amount, and actually one in five of for-profit institutions leave more than 80% of their students earning even less than a typical high school grad. And that's 10 times more than any other sector. So we can see that there are a disproportionate amount of poor outcomes within the for-profit sector itself, but definitely room for improvement across every sector of higher ed. Do we know what percentage of students attend these for-profit schools? I would say roughly about a quarter of all institutions in the United States are for-profit. Our guest on InfoTrack is Michael Iskowitz, a senior fellow at Third Way, a think tank in Washington, D.C., and we're discussing a study they recently completed that found that a majority of former students from half of the nation's colleges last year ended up earning less than $28,000 per year. So, Michael, from a standpoint of parents and students, is there any way that they can do their homework when they're looking at schools to see what the outcome of a particular school is in terms of their graduates' incomes? We've made that data available through our study, which is available on the Third Way website where I'm a senior fellow. And through the Department of Education's college scorecard, you can actually look at the median amount of earnings. So you can get a basic perspective on what students typically earn 10 years after they've enrolled in the institution. So it's important that students and families look at this information, that they understand the amount of debt that students typically take out after they've left an institution in the first place and also compare that to the earnings that they may make to think about whether or not it's a sound financial investment. We understand that there's a lot of intangible benefits to intending a higher ed in the first place that fall outside of income. However, students should be able to at least earn a basic amount to where they're getting a modest paying job that allows them to pay down their debts over time. This outcome of your study that the majority of former students from half of the country's colleges last year ended up earning less than $28,000 a year is also pretty horrifying given the steep increases in tuition that universities are choosing to impose on students each year and the huge debt that the average student leaves school with. Exactly. We've been hearing a lot about a student debt crisis across the United States. And that debt crisis, however you define it, becomes even a little bit more scary 
if students aren't earning enough to reasonably pay down that debt over time. So the way that the federal student aid system is set up is that we routinely provide billions of dollars in the form of federal grants and loans to institutions that often don't leave the majority of students better off after they attend. So Congress is in the midst of reauthorizing the Higher Education Act that they've been working on for over eight years and hopefully will continue to make momentum on doing that. But when they do actually reauthorize the main law for higher education, it's important that they put some guardrails and safeguards in place that make sure that taxpayer money is being funneled to institutions that are providing students with more opportunity and not less after they enroll so that they're assured more so than they are today that they're going to leave with a credential or degree in hand that allows them to get a decent paying job and pay down their loans after they attend. Because if not, we're probably going to not get a strong return on our investment, which students deserve and taxpayers want. You've touched on this a bit, but for parents and maybe high school students who are now faced with the myriad of choices related to college, what advice can you offer? I'd say that it's more important than ever, being that the cost of tuition and debt continues to increase, that they're looking at institutions that are going to provide a good payoff after they attend. So if you're looking at the Department of Education website, the college scorecard, you should be thinking about what are my chances of graduating, and if a school has a 20% graduation rate, it may not be the best choice for you. If an institution has a very high debt but very low earnings, they may want to consider another institution. So looking at a number of institutions, filling out your federal application for financial student aid to make sure that you get all the Pell Grants that will help you get through school is super important, but also looking at the outcomes of institutions to make sure that they're choosing the best school that will pay off financially but also that they'll be able to reap all the other benefits from attending a good institution of higher education. Michael Iskowitz, Senior Fellow at Third Way, a think tank in Washington, D.C. Thank you very much for joining us today. You got it. You have a great day. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, the impact of deforestation. That story, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this.